Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. I'm down to dunk. And I'm down to dunk. I'm down to dunk. This is J-Dub, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shea Gibbs Alexander, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lindy Waters, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala, and I'm down to dunk. This is Jay will and I'm down to dunk. This is Kenneth Williams, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort, and I'm down to dunk. We say this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always, is my good friend, Alex Spears. Uh, really never on Tuesdays. I don't remember really recall doing Tuesdays. We've done some Thursday night pods. Those are usually a little bit more wild. This was this was a little bit more laid back. Tuesday night pod, Al, what's up? Yeah, you guys, I'm sure, have heard about playback, uh, where you know your favorite creators watch a game and you can watch along with them. This That's is right. this is the next step of that, That's right. which is me and Andrew are both watching uh, the Heat and Knicks yeah. on our computer screens. You yep. can't see it, but we can. Yep. And when you listen to this tomorrow, uh, we'll we'll give you updates. It's of true. Ninety six, ninety six. Right now, four minutes and nineteen seconds left. Uh, Josh Hart just hit a massive three. Uh, okay. The Heat seem to get more powerful as they yeah, lose players. On? Yeah, I had a friend of mine text me. who's like, it, this feels like the, des- the destiny of uh, this Heat team is for them to end up in the NBA Finals against the Nuggets with just their G League players only. It's like, It'd be amazing. I mean, the last time an eight seed made it was the Knicks, right, in 99? Yes, yes. And and that was understandable. Oh, there's Mello. That was understandable because uh, it was a lockout season. It was weird. Yeah, I guess this season was weird, but not in the still East. Doesn't make any sense. I know, not in the East. We thought the East was like chalk. It was like, oh my god, the East is so obvious who the good teams. It was are. like once we get past the first round, it's going to be so crazy. And it's then it could, it's going to get good. It is crazy. This is good. Like it's this amazing. is fun. This, these are close games. Um, so. Good news for Thunder fans. Little Thunder news for you guys. Uh, Shea didn't win MVP. Not a shock to anybody. Joel Embiid uh, was the winner. So congrats to Joel Embiid. Uh, Nikola Jokic was second. Uh, Joel Embiid received 73 of the first place votes. Jokic with 15. Giannis with 12. Those are the only players that received first place votes. And then Jason Tatum received 89 fourth-place votes. Shea got six fourth-place votes and 28 fifth-place votes. And he finished uh, 16 points ahead of Donovan Mitchell for cool. uh, MVP voting. So fifth in the MPP voting for our guy Shea Gilders-Alexander. That's pretty, pretty darn cool, man. Pretty awesome. That would have been quite the bold prediction at the beginning of the year. Yeah. If you had said top five in MVP voting. I mean, now it like all makes sense to us and it actually doesn't seem that crazy. 
Yeah, so that's it, kind of a big that's kind of a big deal. I mean, it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things because yeah. like fifth, you know, we're going to remember it in the future, but a lot of people probably won't. Um, but man, that's that's pretty impressive. It's it is crazy to think about that he had a top five season in the league. That would be a and, crazy bold prediction. A crazy bold prediction. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I I texted you Matt Moore's tweet. <laughs> Uh, which was whose quote unquote turn is it next? <laughs> uh, you, you could you could feel the the, the sarcasm and anger uh-huh. coming out from Matt, but uh, somebody brought up Shea, basically making the case like, you know, he's being fifth in MVP voting means you're on everyone's mind now, yeah, like, for that award because that's kind of what happened with guys like Tatum, mm-hmm. um, Luca as well. Like once you kind of get on voters' minds they're going to keep returning to you, assuming that you continue to have good seasons. And uh, Stephen Dolan brought up this scenario of what it would probably take, which doesn't seem that outlandish. Okay. I mean, it, Sell me. it, it Sell would me. be a big season. It would be a big season. But if they're like a top three seed in the West and Shea has <laughs> another season like he did. Okay, yeah. Like, it's not that crazy that he would get MVP votes in that scenario. Yeah, yeah. I think and, it's I think it's totally is possible. It really that crazy that they could be a top three seed. It's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy that they could make that kind of jump. But you know, we saw the the Kings do it. You know, so yeah. it's not it's not completely out of the realm. Of it can it could be done, but the, it could the, be done. They'd have to stay. They'd have to be extremely healthy, like the Kings were, and they would have to yeah. have just like. Giddy takes another leap. Jadov comes back a lot better. Shea is this or better. You know, Chet just like fits in right away and is just a uh, you know a great shooter from from the outset. I mean, it's certainly possible. I'm not going to rule and it they, out. They would need to get. They would need to have a lot of luck in like clutch scenarios. Luck in clutch scenarios. They also just need like the West to continue to be down. I mean. I'm. I would not like write that off from happening the year after that. I just think it's a lot to ask for next year. Well, that's. I'm all. asking a lot, Andrew. You are. You certainly are. But I think next year. But it be, can be done. Next year's going to be so fun. But shouts to Shea, fifth in the MVP voting. It is hard to say. You know, the, do you think we could uh, at media day next year? You could get Sam Presti to do his best Balmer impression we, <laughs> and say fifth in the MPP voting. Sam, will you just just shout fifth in the MPP voting for me? Anybody <laughs> is, is like completely confused about what we're talking about? Steve Balmer, when they acquired <laughs> Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, stood up in front of everybody. This is where the. But I gotta say, I'm just fired up to be here today. That's where this come. That's where that comes from. Is from that that day. That's Steve Ballmer. I think a lot of you know that. Some of you may not, but that's Steve Ballmer. And there were so many funny quotes from that. One is that he was so excited, and he turned to Paul George and he said he was third of the MPP voting, and he's just so just pumped and jacked, probably just spitting everywhere as he's just talking. I mean, he was just it was just a, a beautiful beautiful day. Uh, watching him and like revisiting that is actually more hilarious now, you know, as we're down the road and we kind of see where the Thunder are and where the Clippers are. And the Thunder have already 
I mean, they've locked in Shea and J-Dub from that trade, you know, and the blue chip picks might still exist in the next, like, three years. Uh, yeah, it's gotten to the point where I'm I'm starting to feel a little bad uh, for the Clippers. Because I don't really have any animus towards the Clippers. We've taken a lot. Reason. We've, we've taken a lot from them already. We, we have. Like, I, I even back in, like, the Lob City days, like, we got the best of them, especially in that one series with the Game 5. Mm-hmm. Where like Chris Ball kind of melted down at the end. Yeah. So I don't really have any reason to hate them. At this point, I'm just starting to feel a little bad. And Ballmer seems like a great owner. Mm-hmm. He's very invested in the team. He's a fan. I would like him and that team to be successful at some point. Here's nothing against them. Here's what the Clippers should do. They should trade Paul George. Because trading Paul George has helped two franchises so much. So, so much. That's true. It'll set you up. Indiana and OKC both have all-star point guards because of Paul George. You know, they have Tyrese Halliburton, and we have Shea. Oh, yes. Sorry, I was trying to do the math there. I was thinking Oladipo? No, no, no. Yeah, I mean, they tur- they got Domas, and then Domas became a right. great player, and they traded him for Halliburton. I mean, without without Paul George, I mean, there's a there's a precedent there that if they if they want to set themselves up, for future success, just trade Paul George. It's happened. It's happened twice before. So, not a bad uh, idea. Now, a team that uh, I don't have as much sympathy for. Mm-hmm. I don't care if uh, things go poorly. And in fact, I might even uh, <laughs> be rooting for it a little bit. Is the is the Phoenix Suns? We're now down two zero. Yeah. In their series with the Denver Nuggets, and it's been a very entertaining series. Um. Just because the Suns came into that as the favorite. I mean, they were they were the title oh, favorite yeah. coming out of the West. And there were all the doubts, of course, about Denver in general, but also Jokic, like you know, everyone thinking he's just gonna get lit up the second he faces a good team. Yeah. And for them to come out and just absolutely destroy them in game one, and then to get a really hard fought victory when Jamal Murray is off and Chris Paul Chris Paul exits the game with what is likely going to be another long-term injury. He's at least out for game three or five. I'm just, I'm very excited for Denver and I'm not upset that this is happening to the Suns. <laughs> and I don't know where this comes from, Andrew. You and me were talking about this before, like why I dislike the Suns. You know, m- most Thunder fans will point out, oh, it must be KD. It must just be. It's not even KD, that, is it? Really, it's not even that. I don't think it is that. And I don't even hate, Chris Paul. I mean, I, I he did a lot of great things for OKC. There's just something about the Suns. Is it Booker's face? I don't. Is that what it is? I. You know what? Booker's awesome too. He's awesome. I don't know what it is. I like their coach, but there's just something. Gotta about love Monty. You gotta love Monty. Yeah. That I like rooting against. And it, uh, yeah, this is probably how this season. If we had thought about it more closely, this is probably how this season was going to play out. Trading for a superstar in the middle of the year. Yeah depleting your roster it's, it's probably tough. not going to happen the first season they're go- they're going to be able to reload this summer even though it's kind of as we get into it's a little it'll be a little tough it's going to be tough. but i do think guys will want to play there it's just a matter if they can get like the quality of vets on those smaller deals right and the amount of teams but, uh, that, that, that will be vying for those players there's a lot of them True. You know, Everyone wants vets this summer. Even Houston wants vets this summer. Houston, I mean, just Dylan Brooks and can pay them. Dylan Brooks has a Rockets uniform on already. 
You think so? Yes. It's destiny. <laughs> it's destiny. They want physicality. They want leadership. <laughs> well, hold on now. This is the way to go. This is how you get there. So, so what did you think about the reports? Ramona Shelburne uh, today said that Dylan Brooks is looking for $25 million a year. Do you yeah. think he'll be able to get pretty close to that? Oh, Tillman might even give him 26 a year. Who, I mean, who knows? Uh, that wouldn't shock me. Yeah, I was I was texting twenty five a year KFC. would be insane, especially with how much. Oh, oh, the, yes, the contract would shock me, but him on the rocket, him on the rockets would wouldn't shock me, out. but it would have to be like fifteen a year. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, can you imagine if he got twenty five a year? There's no. just no way. There just ain't no way that's happening. Ain't no way. Uh, but yeah, KOC had some quote or some tweet that people were all quote retweeting. They're really mad at him about it. Because he basically said, I would not want Dylan Brooks on my team, yeah. even if it was for the minimum. Yeah. And people were getting mad at him, like, oh my gosh, it's such a hot take. And I was like, you know what? I agree with you, Kevin I- O'Connor. Because he said my team. And when I think think about the Thunder, would you want Dylan Brooks on your team for any amount of contract? Wouldn't touch no. him with a 10-foot pole, man. No way. No, I would not. And I bet there's a lot of fans I just saw, the I just saw Schmidt from example. New Girl on, uh, on the... Uh, He's in New York. Knicks fan. Big Knicks fan. Sorry. Oh, he's in the crowd? Got distracted. Um, I, I feel the same way as KOC. I would not want Dylan Brooks on my team. How can you watch what happened in these playoffs and be like, that's exactly what I need? Yeah. Can you? Okay. There, there's maybe a handful of teams who can sell themselves on that. Just, just imagine seeing the tweet from Sham Sharani on July 4th. It says Dylan Brooks has signed a minimum contract deal with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Like, what are your feelings? I would just be like, I would, I would what? be pretty. I I would be. I would be pretty upset. I would be furious. Yeah, I also I would, would feel. Upset. I would feel led astray. I would feel like I sat there for two hours and seventeen minutes for nothing. For nothing. Although, although he is physical, you got to give him that. He, he does is line physical. Up there. It's just like we got um, Ken Rich already. What are we doing? Yeah, I, I think I think you're onto something, perhaps with Houston, because he, he might even go for he might get less than fifteen. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah, I mean, just you look the at- fact that a team would allow that to leak. Now, some people were saying on <laughs> on Twitter that they don't know if that was necessarily coming from Memphis. Yeah, like that somebody else. You know, with all these reports, you have to kind of do the mental math of like mm-hmm. who, who stands to gain from this. But the fact that that report came out, that they told Dylan Brooks in his exit interview, uh, you're not, we're not going to bring you back under any circumstances. What if Dylan like said, hey, I'm willing to play for free. And in fact, I'll, you know, I'll pay you guys. I mean, he might need to. Him and Christian Wood might need to be the first two players on the new expansion team in the NBA. Because I, I don't know who's going to sign either of those guys. Because uh, that, that was the other report that, that the Mavs uh, not only aren't interested in bringing Christian Wood back, but that they didn't even really have interested interest in him bringing him to the Mavs in the first place. That seems about right. Tim, Tim Cato uh, reported that. Yeah. That it was mostly just a salary dump for them. Yeah. 
which which totally makes sense to me in retrospect because definitely uh, Christian Wood is probably my least favorite player in the NBA. Um, just, just stylistically, he's just not good. I just, I just don't like watching him play, and I and I don't like how many defenders he has because he puts up these empty stats. But he's gonna. I think this is his seventh team in seven seasons. That's amazing. And he I'm assuming go somebody's going to pick him up. He should go to Charlotte. He'd put up crazy stats in Charlotte. Oh, man. He should go to the Wizards. No. Come on. Charlotte, I don't wish though. that upon them. You have to admit, he and Lamella would be electric. No. I'm, I'm not, we just got done saying that we both don't think he's any good. He's terrible, but... like. The Hornets aren't going to be good next year. If they don't get Wimby, uh, I, go go get Christian Wood. Bank just go ahead and just go ahead and bank that. Like that's just happening. That's happening. Uh, I, I wonder if some team will double up and get both Christian Wood and Dylan Brooks because they could probably. I mean, in terms of value, they could probably get those two guys for pretty cheap combined. Blazers and they are both. Technically, rotation players in the NBA. Blazers? Blazers need rotation no, players. They do, but no. Please. I mean, I think it's more likely that they sign Matisse, re-sign Matisse. Than... That, would be the, that would be the prudent thing to do. Although, you know you know where Dylan Brooks went to college? Oregon. Have you heard about this? That's yeah. He was, a, he was a duck. Hey, send him back home. Fly on home, duck. Connecting the dots. Wow. Yeah, that would be that would be a wild one. You really it signing either one of those guys kind of reeks of desperation to a degree, or it has to be like a team that has such a strong culture that they would just that it would be okay. Um, yeah, some team might be able to get either of those guys on like a, a get right deal, you know, where you get them pretty cheap for one year, kind of like the Thunder did with Nerlens Noel, although it didn't immediately turn out that way for him because he signed like another minimum deal, but he eventually did get a big deal. After about, like the hot dog fiasco in Dallas. Yeah. What about the Lakers? For Brooks. Brooks? Yeah. No. No. No, Andrew. No. I think so. It's it's either there or Houston for me. I think it's one of those is happening. You can just book it. Just book it now. One of those is happening. Uh, the uh the other thing we were talking about though is Going back to the Suns, who obviously have two very, very good players. Yeah, very good. Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. Very good. You theoretically shouldn't have to do too much to be able to boost this roster enough. And you have these two contracts, with Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton. Chris Paul has two years, uh, $60 million left, I believe. But next year's contract is only $15.8 million guaranteed, as long as you waive him I believe June 28th. And then Aiton, of course, signed his max offer sheet with the Pacers. And it's completely unclear to me what his value is around the league. And the other problem with him is, is like with any non-shooting center, like how many teams can you really identify where it makes a ton of sense? Because one of the reasons he doesn't make sense with Phoenix is like when he's they were running some pick and rolls that didn't involve him um, in, in that last game. And so you just have him in the dunker spot, just kind of clogging up the lane. And the Suns already have issues like getting to the rim. 
and not generating a ton of free throws. So I don't know. I brought up to you the idea of <laughs> trading him to uh, Milwaukee in some kind of sign and trade for Brooke Lopez, just because I do think Brooke Lopez would be a really nice fit on Phoenix. Yeah, but if you're Milwaukee, is that, I mean, I guess that, that puts you on a different timeline. Yeah, it's, it's it's honestly kind of just shaking things up for the sake of shaking things up. Yeah, I just don't. Uh, I don't know. I don't know that I really want to do that if I'm either team, to be honest. And it might not even be possible with the way the new uh, cap rules are, because I know Milwaukee's cap sheet is way up there. Yeah. Okay, so the second, and actually this one might not work now that I think about it. The other team I was going to bring up was the Clippers mm-hmm. because they're they're an older team. Wouldn't it be nice to get a younger player? Like, who, who cares about the fit necessarily? Their best young player is like Terrence Mann, who's 26, and then Bones Highland, who's 22. Mm-hmm. Everyone else is older than that or hasn't like seen the court in years. So it, I kind of get the idea for them and they could send back Zubats and one of their many, many wings. Mm-hmm. Someone like you could do Norm Powell and Zubats for Deandre Ayton. Although now that I'm thinking about it out loud, I actually don't know if you can, isn't one of the new CBA rules that teams that are over that second, that apron can't, combine. they can't trade. Yeah. They can't combine players in a trade. Yeah. I don't know if that goes into effect now or next summer. Cause that's the thing with some of these is like, so I heard that, uh, who, Oh, Bobby Marks. He had a, uh, article, and it was just generally about like off-season plans for mm-hmm. one of these teams. Mm-hmm. But he suggested that it, that is going into effect this summer. Wow. Which would be a rude awakening for me and a lot of fans having to like learn all these rules. It is really going to hamper some fake trades, Andrew. Yeah, definitely. It definitely will. It'll be much harder. Um, I was uh, trying to think. Like, so the, the Knicks Bull- just won. The Bulls? Yeah, good for the Knicks. I was thinking the Bulls maybe would want Aiton. Yeah, that makes sense if they're letting Vooch go. Or if would Vooch work on a Phoenix? He's unrestricted free agent. I guess you could sign and trade. Yeah. Uh, No, that's gross, bro. Okay. If anyone has, we just any only want mid-range shots. Aiden. Only we just want mid-range shots. Only we we want to be anti. What what's the uh, what's anti Mori ball? Uh, anti Mori ball. You know what I mean, like because everybody else just wants to shoot threes and layups. The the Suns don't have anybody that gets downhill, and they only they have like their role player shoot threes, but their best three players just shoot from the mid range only. Yeah. You know, and then you add Vooch to that <laughs> instead of Aiden. Now it's like, now we have nobody that scores <laughs> like right in the well, loop. It's just like, we're all just, I mean, at least Vooch shoots threes. Yeah. I don't know, man. I would not do that. Oh, the other thing grape eight brought up in the chat was that the seven year out first rounder was supposedly going to happen this summer too. And that rule is that if you're, you know, over this line or whatever, you can't trade your first rounder that's seven years out. Yeah. Which I don't even know if that matters for the Suns because they traded all their picks. But if another one comes online that is available to trade, they won't be able to. Yeah, that's true. If all this stuff is going into, or if some of these big ones are going to affect this summer, that is going to really make the trade market difficult for those teams. I know that's kind of the point. Mm Mm-hmm. 
But those teams are going to have to shed salary just to be functional. Yeah. Just to be able to make moves. Okay. What about this? Just to. Here we go. What about DeAndre Ayton to the Grizzlies for Steven Adams and Luke Kennard? Uh, I thought I thought about Adams. I mean, he obviously has like significant concerns. Because did you see the uh, the quotes from I, I believe it was Zach Kleinman? Um, yes, at their I did. exit interviews. It's, it's not good. That weren't that weren't like oh yeah we're definitely expecting him back for the beginning of next season. I know it was not that. It was much more like wishy washy and like we'll like, see how it goes. Very nebli- nebulous. Kind of yeah, yeah. Very it, was not, it was not great. But if Adams is like healthy. You know, Adam KD <laughs> back again. Hey, Andrew, uh, you're asking for the opposite of Mori Ball. Everyone needs a smile in the chat. Said, what about Loser Ball? Oh, that also feels unkind. <laughs> do you like Loser Ball? <laughs> I like that. What do you think about Aiden in, in Memphis? Uh, so Memphis has quickly become one of the most interesting teams for me this summer. Yeah. Um, both because of the Dylan Brooks stuff, but also because... We talk all the time about when do you push the button? Yeah. And when you kind of zoom out and look at what Memphis has done, they've really held pretty firm to the idea of just totally betting on youth, building around a young core. Yeah. I mean, the fact that they took the fact that after last season, which was like their big breakout year, they go into a draft and draft four players. They rostered a lot of rookies this year and let Kyle Anderson go. Like, that was a really interesting move for them. And I, I know that there are Grizzlies fans who, in retrospect, and, and maybe at the time, weren't happy with that approach because they were probably thinking, like a lot of Thunder fans maybe now, is like, why are we not going for it? Like we were, we were a home court team in the playoffs, made it to the second round. Like how do you not build on that? Instead, they were kind of just like Especially- replenishing the back of their bench with younger guys, hoping to hit on another Big guy, yeah, especially the Melton one. Like it was yeah, Melton for Roddy. Melton, I forgot about him. Melton for Roddy is like, man, I like David Roddy just fine, but D'Anthony Melton. I mean, we watched him last night. He had, he was just, I mean, nailing every wide open three. Um, and he's absolutely a sixteen game player, like a guy that. You want yeah. in rotation come play, and he's not that old. Which either. I would say that about Kyle Anderson too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, D'Anthony so looking Melton towards is not, this is summer, not that old either. Like, how old is D'Anthony Melton? He's only twenty four. Twenty four. He was on their timeline. Can you imagine how much? Now, now to be fair, I mean, this is kind of fair, but they didn't really play him a ton last year. He hit five threes for the Sixers last night. But like that was always Keith's like thing that he was complaining about that they weren't even playing Melton. So they had kind of let everyone know that we're not a huge fan of this guy for whatever reason. Yeah, that's weird. But yeah, so so looking ahead to this summer, they obviously have picks. They got because picks. they have all of their own picks, and I believe they have a Golden State pick at some point. From yeah, Hoops, Hoops make, makes a good makes a good point. They shouldn't trust. They shouldn't trust themselves because they they trusted Dylan Brooks to be like one of like their core guys. He really did fall off a cliff this year, though. 
compared i mean i wasn't a huge fan of him in previous years but he really fell off a cliff this year in in like every way every way his true shooting was personality everything it all just was everything just fell off a cliff he makes you appreciate someone like pat bev who i've you know i don't really like pat bev obvious for obvious reasons but you know what pat bev has been very consistent his entire career He's always been that guy. Yeah. He's never shied away from it. He's he willing to accept that role. He doesn't back He down. understands that that's the role that's got him where he is in the NBA, and he embraces it. Yeah. And for, for Dylan Brooks to, like, half do it, which is very uncool. It's not good. Um, anyways, back to the Grizz. Okay, so they're keeping, they're keeping Ja. They're keeping Bane. They're keeping yeah. Triple J. Yeah, yeah. It's a great core. Outside of picks. Mm-hmm. What would you say is their best tradable asset? Hmm, that's a great question. Who on the Grizz, outside of that top three, would you most be interested in? And think of just like general team, not necessarily the Thunder. Uh, Brandon Clark? (laughs) So so a guy coming back from an Achilles injury, that's that's your first pick. (laughs) Aldama? Like that's this this is kind of my point. Like they they have the picks to make one of these deals, but I do not love like the collection of young players. Now maybe it'll be enough. Maybe they can trade for OG just by giving Toronto a bunch of picks and like one of these young guys. Kenny Lofton and Toronto can sell themselves. In. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I'm kind of in, I'm into Kenny Lofton. Maybe he's, he's funny. I asked Kenny Lofton who his first celebrity his first celebrity crush was. And he turned completely bright red, and he just put his face down on the table for like a while. And then he lifted it up yeah. slowly, and he said, "I didn't have one." <laughs> <laughs> wow, he was so com- he was so committed to basketball. Didn't even have time. Didn't even have time. Celebrity crushes. Uh, Hoop Sox says Zaire Williams. He's been he was really bad in year two. Like really, really bad. That that is we talk about the Trey Murphy, you know, thing for OKC. Yeah, that for Memphis is such a bigger turning point. Oh, it's because bad. that will likely be one of the last top ten picks they're going to have for the foreseeable future, unless they trade someone like Bain or Triple J mm-hmm. to move up from seventeen to ten. That was a big move. And to yeah. come away with Zaire Williams when you could have had Trey Murphy, obviously. Murphy Dog. Yeah. I mean, there were so many guys. Corey Kispert. I mean, Corey Kispert would have been great. Would've then you wouldn't so have to trade for uh, Luke Kennard. Yeah. Even I, Duarte's been bad, so I wouldn't say Duarte. But uh, Moses Moody. Moody. My guy starting to play well in the playoffs. I like Moody a lot still. I like him a whole lot. I think that that. Oh, really? I remember not too long ago. When you were poo-pooing him. Uh, I mean, he stinks for the Warriors, but in a different situation, I would like him. Um, but yeah, if they had taken any of those guys, yeah, you'd feel so much differently. Any of those guys, when I just asked you that question of who you would most want outside of Memphis's big three, any of those guys we just mentioned would have been your automatic first pick. Like whether it's Corey Kispert, Moses Moody, Trey Murphy, obviously, like that's probably who you would say. As like, okay, here's a young guy with some juice. Yeah, 
Yeah. Because all these other guys on Memphis are just like they're solid. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, I can maybe see it. Like like David Roddy, I like him. Yeah. He could be a solid rotation player. But I don't feel like there's a ton of juice there. Now, now maybe there's some big body Roddy fans out there who can convince me otherwise. Yeah. But him being like the the focal point of a big trade for Memphis this summer doesn't get me too excited as the other team. Yeah. As like the young player coming back. It's a problem. Yeah, it turns out like that area of the draft just wasn't that good. You, you mean know? last year? Mm-hmm. Like Zaire Williams, James Booknight, Josh Primo, Chris Duarte. Oh, that one. Moody. Like that was just like, well, that's just kind of blah. Even Dave. Yeah, Young. but then you go Moody, Kisper, Shingoon, Trey Murphy. Yeah, that's in a row. Yeah, that's in yeah, those those four. <laughs> Trey Man. Then Trey Man. Trey Man. Yep. Who hey, uh junior season. Hey, get ready. Hey. They're gonna try it. They're gonna try to do some stuff. We'll see how it goes. Uh yeah. No, it's 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 uh it's weird. It's a little murky. Um, I just love it because it feels like there are so many teams this summer who want to make a big move. Yeah. Like Memphis wants to make a big move. They want to get a player on their roster that is like a top five on their team. Well, they have to. <laughs> exactly. They have to. And the same thing with Portland. They have to. They have to. It's not like, oh, if something comes up and it's nice and it works out, that's great. No, they have to. Or they're probably going to have to talk about trading Dame seriously. Yeah, tons of teams. Houston has already basically put billboards up all around Houston saying, we are going to get vets. It's all yes. up from here, everybody. Here we go. And then every other team in the league they is like, have yeah. to. Like us too. Like all of us. We're all doing that. I would argue, I would argue Detroit kind of has to. They have to like upgrade in some way. Yeah. They'll be entering year five of no playoffs. <sighs> they so will. Anyways, they will is, be entering is, year five of no playoffs. That's what will happen. That's what will happen in Detroit. Yeah, Houston won't make the I'm playoffs just, I'm either. Just, and th- this is all going back, of course, to the Thunder and this idea of like, when do you press the button? When do you not press the button? For a team like Memphis, like I totally get it. Like, yeah, it would make sense to press the button. I think even as Thunder fan, even as you, you know, conservative. Thunder fan, wouldn't you say? Yeah, definitely. You got got infected with Presty brain? Definitely. If the Thunder had a season like the Grizzlies did last year, Mm -hmm. even you, I would say, would have been like, you know, if they're able to, if they're able to find someone. I mean, what what, what was the if if the if the team can organically win fifty games on their own? I think that that's like the time. That's the that's go time. Like if the Thunder, That's that's. if the Thunder organically won 50 games next year, I would... And to be clear, the Memphis won 56 last year. I know, the, yeah. This year they won 51. They, they, from... they won 56 games and shed veterans and added rookies. It sounds like, and this is good, I feel like I'm, I'm nailing you down on something. You're saying even for you, mm-hmm. that, that might have been a bridge too far to like stay in that, you know, build the young core, don't worry about bringing in any vets or anything. I would have like been fru- I would have been a little frustrated. Okay. But then they organically kind of won then they organically won 50 games again. I I just think 
that's when you push the button. That's when you're ready to roll. And they had so much turmoil and like so much chaos, and they still won 51 games this year. I know. Like let's. And we know that they were the team that offered the four picks for Bridges. Yep. Jaron Jackson's 23, going to be 24. Like yeah, like Jaron Jackson turns 24 before the season starts. Um, you know Desmond Bain will turn 25 in June, and Ja turns 24 in August. Like if and Shea is kind of the outlier because he's a little bit older than everybody, but like if that's J Dub, Chet, and Giddy are all at like 23, 24. And they're winning fifty games. Yeah. Then like, yeah, let's go. Like you're ready to like, go in the West now. And with like the with the picks that you can use, like, yeah, you're there. So yes, I, I would say that like that to me is a tell that your team is ready. I I do think that it was I think Memphis made crucial mistakes last last summer. Yeah, even if even just from a perspective of uh, roster spots, like taking up a roster spot with Kennedy Chandler for so long and then just waving him. Yeah, I think I think they got a little cocky with their ability to find guys in the draft, like with like the Desmond Bain pick or. Um, yeah, for sure. You know those guys where I was like, oh no, like of course we can find those kind of guys and bring them in, and. You know, and just keep replenishing, like the Anthony Melton. Like we can find a cheaper Anthony Melton. Let's go. You know, let's just find somebody right. in the twenties, and we'll we'll get that knocked out. It's like it's it's not that easy. It's not that easy. There's been a lot of teams that just haven't hit, and you know, like the Bucks. I mean, it's been kind of detailed over you know the past week. Just the fact that the Bucks have had zero rookies really work out. Since right. since they drafted Giannis and he became a good player, like they just can't get anybody. And so, Jay says, "Are we even talking about this if Clark and Adams weren't hurt?" Um, I think probably not. I mean, maybe not. I don't know. That team was a mess. Like mentally, they're a mess. And I think you're like, yeah, the, for the, for those types of quotes to come out in the exit interview. And they didn't lose but, but in like they point. didn't lose in like six though, like they got they got like dismantled by the Lakers yeah. by the Lakers and like the Lakers are fine. I just the Grizzlies made the Lakers look a lot better than they are. They probably did. Jay, Jay is right though, and I'm sure there is a segment of Grizzlies fans who, you know, if if this team was just healthy for the season, they probably match last year's win total. If they just have a normal Grizzly season, they probably get to fifty six wins. They're already at fifty one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so you you can talk yourself into yeah, if we can just run it back. The problem is that those injuries are serious. Yeah, I mean, coming serious. back from an Achilles is no guarantee, and apparently, whatever's going on with Stephen Adams yeah. is not straightforward either. Well, and Steve-O hadn't really like finished the season in like five years, like healthy and whole. Yeah, I mean. He did okay in last year's playoffs, I think. I mean, he did fine, but like he's never the full version of Steven Adams. We saw that in Oklahoma There's City a guy who, the last like three years, and he was he was he was like twenty five, and it was like, oh my gosh, Steven Adams is falling apart already. 
Yeah, he should have been like the first wave of uh, load management. I don't yes. think OKC ever really did load management, but that would have been a great player to do it with. Yes, 100%. He needed that. But the problem is like Steve is somebody that like dis- would despise it, you know. I mean, a lot yeah, of the players sure. when they were asked about what are the biggest problems facing the NBA today is like load management. It's a, big, it's a huge problem. Like the players think from the perspective of like, they don't want to rest and they're being told by the team that they need to rest. Yeah, I guess so. Cause that's what every, like all the, like Nate Jones has talked about this on Twitter that like the whole load management thing is really an issue of teams telling players that they shouldn't play because of, you know, like the analytics they're doing on their body and tracking them and when they're going to be at higher risk for an injury or something. Mm-hmm. And the players are frustrated by that because they either feel fine or they feel good enough to play and they're being told to sit by the team. Yeah, they don't like it. A lot of them, though, is like the first thing. And sometimes, and sometimes I don't like it, Andrew. I know. Science. What you really hate is science. You're not wrong. That's what I would say. Uh, okay, let's take a quick break. and we come back, we are going to talk about uh, Sam Bassini's new big board. We'll be right back. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. When it was time for me to find a job, I went right to LinkedIn Jobs. They helped me find the right employer, and it was, man, very, very easy process. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash dunk. That's linkedin.com slash dunk to post your job for free. 
Terms and conditions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And we're back after that quick break. Uh, Sam Vecini dropped a new big board on theathletic.com. You can go to theathletic.com slash down to dunk and get the athletic for a discounted rate. Uh, it's a great time to join with all the playoffs going on. Maybe you're an NFL person. You're like, what did they think about my draft, my team's draft? Oh, well, you can go check it out, theathletic.com slash down to dunk. be a great, great time to do that. And also, if you use that URL, it gives down to dunk a little a little a tip of the cap. A little tip of the cap. Oh, uh, really? Is that true? I don't know. It seems like it should. Uh, anyways. Hey, before we get into it. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. wanted to tell you a quick story. Okay, I like stories. I'm writing. Uh, I'm writing some grants. I'm mm-hmm. very busy right now. Mm-hmm. Writing some grants because mm-hmm. I'm because I'm pro science, Andrew. And uh, <laughs> I was at a coffee shop today, and this guy walks in, uh-huh. and he already has like a, a a look to him. Like uh-huh. a, he's wearing an outfit that I've just never conceived of in my head. Is like a lot of denim, an incredible amount of denim. Wow. I think the hat was like. It was somewhere between a bucket hat and a top hat made of denim. Wow. Very interesting looking guy. So I've got my eye on him. Just like, let me, let me see. This guy's going to do something. Well, let's see. I'm just going to see what he's up to. Yeah. He gets his pastry, goes back to his seat, pulls out a candle, his own personal candle, lights it on the coffee shop table. Really? And it just, it just, it just has a candle while he's eating his breakfast, <laughs> which I thought was kind of nice. It was kind of... I was like, oh, why? Why don't I do that? Make my own little ambiance, little candlelit breakfast. Wow! Yeah, a little candlelit breakfast. Something I might try. So, uh, just something I wanted to share with the listeners, in case yeah. you're you're looking for some life hacks. <laughs> Apparently, this guy has it figured out. Just bring candles with you. He's public creating candles, creating romance in the, uh, the creating local. fire hazards in the public. <laughs> Is that even okay? <laughs> I actually don't know now that I think about it. I don't think you're allowed to just light something on fire. I can't imagine just lighting a candle, just my own personal <laughs> candle at like Starbucks or something. <laughs> just try it. See what people say. I mean, I'm sure. I think if you wear all denim, no one will say anything to you. That's true. I guess if you if they you dress normally, you. they'd they'd feel more... Sir. More, hey, sir. You, sir you, you've got to put that candle out. You've got to... <laughs> Uh, well, I don't know how to transition from that to Sam's mock draft, but um, uh, were there any surprises? I don't want to read the whole thing because I want you to go t- to it, but we can kind of talk yeah. in and around it a little bit. I would say the the biggest, um, not like shock, but the yeah, the biggest surprise was Kobe Bufkin. Let's go. Go. Getting all the way up to number eleven. All the Buffkin boys, list. stand up! Stand up for Buff. Are there a lot of you? It's me. Uh, John Hollinger's a big Buffkin boy. Okay. Um, obviously, Sam Vecini's a big Buffkin boy. I just learned all of this this morning. I didn't know this prior. Now, would you would you say that because Kelly is? 
because you you aren't expecting the Thunder to get a higher pick or to move up, have you kind of left Anthony Black is like Kobe your guy now because it just feels more realistic? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, without yeah. a doubt. Yeah, I, I just also I am becoming. I've just gone back and watched some of these guys a little bit more. I am worried about Anthony Black shooting a little bit more than really? I was after watching more clips. Yeah. Why would you say? Is it something about his form or like the t- type of shots he's taking? Just, I mean, it's just so slow. There's just like a little hitch in it. I still, I still love him as a player. I think he's going to be a great pro, but I think it will be tough for him on this team with already lack of space. Um, but I would be, so, I would be dancing in the streets. If they drafted Anthony Black, if they traded up to draft him, I'd be so excited. Uh, Great Bait was it says he was an OG Buffkin. Uh, He's we, been with them from day one. We need some receipts there, Great Bait. <laughs> That's what everybody's saying today. That's what wow, everybody's demanding saying receipts today. from our listeners. Yep, we need um, some receipts. Okay, so so I'm sure you've talked about. Have you talked about Buffkin with uh, McKellie yet? Have you guys yes. done like a little deep dive? Yes, we have. You can find that on patreon.com slash OKC Dream Team. We did that. Uh, okay, I'm, we- I'm not trying to promote your show, okay? I was just asking two, a simple yes or no question. Two weeks ago, <laughs> we talked about uh, Okay, so explain to me, because we've talked about how in this range, there are just so many combo guards, so many 6'4 combo, combo guards. guards. Explain to me why Kobe Bufkin is your favorite of that group uh is the best passer of the group by what feels like a significant margin to me um he knows how he just plays the game the right way you can see him kind of flowing in and out of being on ball off ball doesn't really matter relocates well uh he's pretty physical as an offensive player and so i really like that about him and he was he was really efficient toward the end of the season too. Shot it really well from deep, shot it well around the rim. He's got a good touch. You know, the only thing about him is that he's like crazy skinny. Um, but crazy he, skinny. but he is like, he's, I mean, I would take him at, I said this on Monday that I'd take him at 12. I would definitely, I mean, I would be very excited if they had the chance to take him at 12. I just, well, I watched him like for the first time in detail uh, before McKelly and I did that. And I'm like, I don't understand like Nick Smith or Jet Howard, who's his teammate, or Keontae right. George or Jalen Hood Scafino or Hawkins or any of those guys before him. Like, I just don't get it. I just don't understand why he's behind everybody. Um, but yeah, I, he's, I tell you- he's just a lot better than all those guys, just like flat out. There's a guy on Twitter named uh, at Young Wizzy DFS. He's mm-hmm. a Wizards fan, mm-hmm. and he has a app, free app online where you can plug in any player, and it has similarity scores, either based on per forty stats or advanced numbers. Um, do you know? Would you like to take a guess who Kobe Bufkin's number one comp is? Hmm, I don't know. A player that was injured in this playoffs. I was injured in this playoffs. Yeah. Any guesses? Know. Any guesses? I don't know. 
Uh, Tyler Hero. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Both for the per, per 40 stats and, and for the advanced stats. That was his number one. Some of the other names, uh, Malachi Branham, Grady Dick, Jordan Poole, mm-hmm. Franz Wagner. It's interesting. That's just based on stats. Tyrese yeah. Maxey, Gary Trent Jr. He's the type of guys that he is uh, not comp to, but you know has statistical comparisons with. Yeah. No, I mean, so, a lot of those make some sense. Yeah. And he's got the greatest so, name. Do you, so you kind of see him as uh, like a a take two on the Trey Mann pick? Uh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Definitely. He, I mean, I I like his game a lot better than I like Trey's at Florida. He doesn't have they're they're a lot. I mean, they're different in a lot of ways. Buffkin's like better at driving to the hoop than Trey was. Um, he's not like as. And Trey didn't even play this way in Florida, so it's hard to say. Like Trey has that like explosive athleticism that he just uses just randomly, I guess. Um, yeah. But Buffkin's not like some like crazy explosive athlete, but is like cross court passes are just amazing. Like he's so good, and he's a lefty. I love that he's a lefty. That's one of my favorite things about him. You know who else is a lefty? Hmm. James Harden. Well. James Harden, uh, but also me. Hmm. I'm left-handed. Yeah. So that's another reason to like him. You know how I I knew, I mean, I already knew that you, you had talked about Kobe Bufkin before, mm-hmm. but when I read Sam's write-up and the player he brought up, not necessarily as a comp, but just like kind of reminded him of, did, did you read who it was? No, I'm, I'm forgetting. I, I read it, but I'm forgetting who it was. It was Derek White. Yeah. Who another guy that you really liked in his draft? Yeah, there are some similarities in the way that they play. Certainly, like kind of like do it all guards. Right, Buffkin's a don't take sh- a lot off the table. Don't take a lot off the table. I, I think he can defend fine. One of my concerns with him at the NBA level is that he just doesn't ever finish with his right hand ever. Um. Oh, a true lefty. Like drives really drives with his right, finishes with his left. Okay. Um, so I don't love that. Um but there's just a lot to like about him. Like he defends hard, like he plays hard all the time. He'll take charges. You know. He would fit Oh great. He, he would fit right in. <laughs> He'd fit right in with this group. We're just gonna have a line of guys surrounding the rim. All ready to take charge. This is going to be our new defense. Hey, we get one super fast guy to just run back and forth between the three point line, <laughs> contesting every three. And then everyone else is just in a semicircle around the rim, ready to take a charge. <laughs> yeah. I'd be up Who's for that. the fastest guy in the NBA? Who's the fastest guy? It might be Darren Fox. Yeah, I was going to say Fox. If we can get him. I remember Pooh Jeter being really uh, fast. Can, Maybe we can get Pooh Jeter. You could get him. But yeah, uh, the other name. Well, I was just gonna say out. one more thing on Buffkin. What? One more thing on Buffkin. What? I just what? think that he's the most complete player outside of the top three or four. Yeah, I think he's the most complete basketball player because when you look at everybody else, like the Thompson twins, it's like oh my gosh, their shots terrifying. Same with Anthony Black. Same with Jarris Walker. Cam Whitmore, 
never ever passes. Grady Dick has is a great shooter, tons of deficiencies. Taylor Hendricks doesn't have great feel for the game. Bryce Sensabaugh, Bryce Sensabaugh, uh, Kaysen Wallace. Oh, um, got I like, you. I like Kaysen Wallace quite a bit. I just don't know if I buy the shot. Uh, Nick Smith was so, so bad. Keontae George was very inconsistent. Jet Howard, I'm out. Uh, Hutzkefino, also out. Hawkins, shooter only, bad defender, bad finisher. Uh, Rayon Rupert, mystery man. Chris Murray, <laughs> diet diet coke of Keegan Murray. Um, Derek Lively, no. <laughs> I want G-G- you to go all the way to like pick 60. Gigi Jackson, no, like, no, like, hard no, never, ever, no. Like, he's a rocket. Go ahead and put a Rockets jersey on him. And you get to Buffkin. It's like, Buffkin can kind of do everything. Like, good passer, good shooter, can defend. Like, the really the only, like, big red flag about him is just, like, his frame. And, but he plays hard. Like, you don't notice it that much, or at least you didn't at Michigan. Um, so, there's I just have, so I have many... a question related to, to the point you just made. Because Ben in the Discord, I don't know if you guys already answered this. I doubt you did. I don't think so. I don't know. Um, should the Thunder be concerned about taking a player in the draft that will struggle to earn minutes in his rookie season? I worry that next season will be more difficult for a rookie to break into the rotation, and that will impact his development and confidence. The example in my mind is Rayon Rupert. This kind of gets to what you're talking about, where it sounds like Kobe Bufkin is the sort of player who you could see breaking into the rotation in his rookie year. Yeah. I Do think you think so. that should be uh, not a concern, but should be something the Thunder think about? Because I, I do think the point is well taken that it would be hard for just an average rookie. I mean, if you come into next season with both Jang and Rayon Rupert, for instance, like finding those guys a lot of minutes over that season is going to be pretty tough. And they obviously can play in the G League, but yeah, I think it's hard to develop a lot of guys all at once. I think it's difficult, yeah. especially when your team is good. I think when your team is bad, it doesn't matter. You can develop as many guys as you want. Um, but it's challenging to play meaningful basketball and to develop young players that need time. Um, and specifically need to be bad or need to have time to be bad. Yeah. Where I mean, it, the Thunder got... Sort yes. of lucky in some sense with Jang, because as up and down of a season as he had, he wasn't like first half of rookie year Poku, where yeah. that was a very damaging player. That, that like the first glimpses of Poku in the NBA, that was a damaging player. Jang wasn't really that, and you could get away with minutes of Jang on the court, but that's not going to be the case for every rookie. Yeah, and a lot of rookies kind of need the chance to be bad. I mean. Westbrook is one of the best examples. Like, got a lot of time to be bad. Yeah. Was able to fully explore everything he could do on a court. And it will be hard for a, it's hard to imagine a rookie having that opportunity on this Thunder team. Yeah. We've already kind of, we saw this play out with the first Thunder team. It was like, well, they got Jeremy Lamb and Perry Jones. And yeah. Maybe those guys aren't the best examples of like, the talents, but like Jeremy Lamb went on to like play a lot of years in the league and was like a helpful player to some yeah. teams. They couldn't play him. They couldn't play him. And it was because they were trying to win games. 
And those other guys that were on the team were not going to just let those guys just have minutes, you know? And so it just, it will depend on how good they get and like how fast they become a good team, you know, on whether guys can break into the rotation or not. If they're just like going to win like 44 games or something like that, I think you can play a lot of guys. I think they'll play a lot of guys. But if they show quickly that they're on pace to do a little bit more than that, then maybe not. I think this might be the last year, one of the last years that you can like get away with just like throwing out random crazy lineups and like like just have like random weeks where it's like, hey, this guy's gonna play all this week, you know? And, may, and maybe they'll yeah. maybe they'll push that out for another couple of years, but it just gets harder to do that. We've seen it with we've seen it playing out in uh, Golden State. Where like they tried the yeah, two timeline you, thing, you know. Even Memphis, and Memphis too. Like you can't. It is so hard to do it. It is so hard to execute it. Like once the team is up and it's on the tracks and it's choo chooing down the road, it is tough to throw young guys onto that unless they're just role players, you know. Unless it's like, hey, you do these three things, and if you don't screw up, you'll keep getting minutes. You know, good luck. You know, good it's. Luck. It's t- it's tough. Like the NBA is really tough, especially when your team starts to get good and the players on the team are like, "Yeah, we're ready to go," and we've proven to you that we're ready to go. And just like throwing continuous young guys onto the team is is tough, and and guys that just like need to learn the game too. Where like Buffkin wouldn't need to learn the game. Like Buffkin's either going to be a really good player or he's not. You know, like not just I don't know if he's going to work out or not, but. I think that you would learn pretty quick if he was going to be somebody that was going to make an impact in the NBA. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm a fan. Um, yeah, because uh, now that I'm thinking about it, uh, Derek White, by his second season, was, you know, a positive contributor. Yeah. Like he was playing 26 minutes a night for the Spurs. Um, the other guy I wanted to mention, though, just because – Previously, Sam had had the two G League guys kind of in the same range, talking about uh, Sissoko and Leonard Miller. Mm-hmm. And he he bumped Leonard Miller up to all the way to 13 yeah. on his big board. Yeah. Um, which is which is pretty interesting. And and one of the things he pointed out, which I, I really stood out to me, was he said, This is probably the most the best G League player we've had so far. Like the most productive G League player. That we've uh, sorry, the most productive ignite player. Yeah, that we've had so far. He he was extremely productive. There's no doubt about that. Which is 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 encouraging because I mean the the G League is legit. I mean that is legit basketball competition. Yeah, playing with NBA rules. So I don't know. That stood out to me. He doesn't scream thunder to me. Um, but I am interested to see how high he goes. Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not huge on Leonard Miller, but he he feels like one of those guys that will definitely take a while. Yes. And and needs to be on a team that gives him a lot of space to do that. Yeah, he he does. I would totally Like agree him with that. going to the Thunder and being like spot up in the corners, attack closeouts and defend. Like I just don't think that's Leonard Miller's game. No, 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 no. I I, that's where it's like it's tough. It'd be tough to develop him and Jang at the same time. 
Yeah. It would yeah. be really tough. I think like uh like Utah would probably be a good place for him to go. Like Utah yeah. has the sixteenth pick. I mean I I would like that for him. Um uh, who to else? Think Let's of see other here. destinations. I mean, Houston Shore. New New, new uh, Jersey New, New Jersey? I mean Brooklyn. <laughs> Brooklyn? Wow, Brooklyn has two picks right in a row. Yeah, they do. For them, way to go, Brooklyn. Yeah, I don't know. It's a tough group because, like, I, I mean, maybe Toronto if they pivot. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. You know, he's although that wouldn't really be pivoting. It's just a younger version of their idea of all six, nine, six, ten guys. Well, I mean, pivot from like being good, like the know, older version of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They can't pivot, dude. They're they're gonna have to pay Pirtle. Traded a first round pick for Pirtle. Uh, yeah. Can you imagine them trading a first round pick, which is only top six protected, and then pivoting this summer, and then having to worry about that pick? Are we gonna fall out of the top six? Given Vanderlee the max, what are we doing here? No, but I, I do think they're gonna bring back Pirtle, and. I do think Van Vliet's going to leave. Yeah. Or maybe they trade OG instead, but I don't know. They're another team. They have to do something. They got to do something. There's so there's like a third of the league that feels like they have to do something. I know. It's going to be they, a fun summer. They cannot run it back. This is where you're the thunder. Any you, just, you kick your feet back. You put your, head, you put your hands back here after the draft, and you say, good luck, everybody. I know. It does, it does feel nice. Have a great summer, and everybody. It does make me wonder if there will be some salary dump deals out there. Yeah. And and there there are teams with space, but a lot of those teams with space want to do something with it. Yeah. Um, mainly thinking about Houston. Yeah. But you know, so maybe it it'd be the Spurs. You could see the Spurs absorbing a contract. Yeah, definitely. Um, but but maybe maybe there will be something out there for the Thunder that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I still think that even if they took back a guy who has two more years, so next year and the year after, it really wouldn't hurt them. Because Giddy's contract wouldn't kick in until the year after that. Yeah, a, a, a guy that was brought up to me on Twitter was Rashawn Holmes from the from the Kings. Yeah, if, if, <laughs> it was very funny because I saw your tweet about how if they were going to take back Rashawn Holmes, they'd really need to get something nice, meaning like a first-round pick. It'd have to be real nice. And then within 10 minutes, I saw a tweet about Rashawn Holmes from Kings fans mm-hmm. saying, man, I just don't think anyone's going to take him for a couple seconds. Like basically saying like, there's no way I'm giving him up. Like I'm, I'm giving up a first just to get rid of him because they can just stretch him yeah. if they really wanted to. Yeah. I mean, I like, I like Holmes. I think he can play. You know, I know he didn't play much for the Kings this year, but I think that guy can play. So, but especially with all of these new CBA rules coming into effect, mm-hmm. it might be worth it for a team, even if it's a guy who's on an expiring, it might be worth it to them if that's the difference between them getting under that apron that frees them up to be able to trade a future pick or to sign the taxpayer mid level or, or, or just to be able to make trades with more than one guy. Presti, it does open Presti, more of those scenarios. Yeah, Presti's going to take advantage of somebody this summer. It's going like I would almost bank on it. 
that he's going to take advantage of somebody who has found themselves in some sort of cat predicament because of the new CBA and because because they are so flexible right now with their cap sheet that they're going to do some wacky deal that's going to take a while to interpret. But then we're going to be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe he just did that. You know, I would... I would almost promise you that. And it and it could involve like these trade exception, like the the big trade exception he got for Derek Favors or something. You know, like I don't know. Like there's gonna be something that they're gonna use this summer. Yeah, I, that kind of a deal. Because when he made that trade, Favors had two years left, right? Uh I think so. I can't I don't remember. And he got a top ten protected first. I mean that is that is pretty good. Something like that. Yeah. I don't know. Who, I don't oh, know who you're talking. Oh, you're talking about when he made the deal for favors. Oh yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I was thinking yeah, about that. Um, traded for favors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he had two years left. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I there was. I mean, I think that they were definitely thinking about just keeping him until that until that Houston thing came around. Um, and they're willing to take him on, but. Yeah, I uh something something's going to happen with the Thunder with their flexibility. That's not necessarily going to help them for next year, but I think we'll provide like some kind of asset to them down the road. You know, I, I I'm not sure that there is a point where they would be totally satisfied with the amount of assets they have down the road. I think that they would just love to stack as many as possible and we'll like squeeze How about, how about this? I got one for you. Okay, let's hear it. The Thunder have already made a change to their pick that was being conveyed from Miami. Yes, they have. What if? Because Miami currently next year is like at 171 million, mm-hmm. and they, you know they're not going to be able to get rid of that Duncan Robinson contract. Three more years. The final year is a player option. Yikes! But what if they could just get off of Kyle Lowry's deal? It's it's an expiring. It's almost $30 million. That would, you know, I, I don't know enough to know if that would like bring them below what that apron is. But if it was something like that, would it be worth it for them to unprotect the 25 pick? Because they already unprotected it in 26. They just made it lottery protected in 25. Yeah. How much money Would is you that? be willing to do that to unprotect in 25? The reason you unprotect in 25 is because that's the Cooper flag and Boozer draft. Yeah, yeah. Um how and then, much and is then Lowry's contract? Kyle Lowry. What? How much is Lowry's deal? It's 29.6. Is that too much? That's a lot. Just for just to change a protection. That's a lot. Yeah, but much. yeah, but it's it's we're under the cap. We can we can you still can spend uh, it. You still need another. You, you need more than that. Oh, you're so greedy. I'm so it's not that greedy. <laughs> it's not that greedy. It's extremely greedy. You're being really greedy right now, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would actually want them to keep Lowry. Uh, <laughs> oh, because you're... Well, yeah, in that scenario, we would need them to make the playoffs in 25 and then fall apart in 26. Yeah. Uh, what else? It's going to be hard. What else can they get from... I was looking at Phoenix, but the problem with Phoenix is they don't have any picks to attach. Yeah, no, uh, Chris Paul would be the obvious thing that would 
free up some of their cap. Mm-hmm. Um, they might just bring him back. I'm looking at all these teams that just have a ton I think of they money. Will bring I mean, him ba- back. I think they will bring him back. They probably will. Uh, Boston is kind of an interesting one because if uh, Jalen Brown makes all NBA, he'll be eligible for mm-hmm. the Supermax. Yeah. He's going to be a free agent after this year. So I would assume they would offer him that. Mm-hmm. But then they're going to have, you know, guys like Grant Williams up for an extension. Um, and they have all these other contracts. Yeah, it's rough. Al Horford, they don't play, Al although Horford, like they probably will just let Grant Williams walk. They probably will. Yeah. I like Grant Williams. I don't like him for the Thunder, but I like him. Why do you not like him for the Thunder? Isn't he like the kind of evolved version of JRE? Like what we kind yeah, of Yeah, but thought? they already have J Will. I like J Will. Don't take minutes from J Will. Yeah, but I mean like defensively, Grant Williams is way more versatile than J Will. I don't know the, the I mean are Celtics you are, are do you just feel like, confident that, that J Will can play the four? I think he can play the four with Chet, because Chet's so versatile. Yes. <sighs> If it was a reasonable deal, I, I would not mind Grant Williams. Grant Williams he probably won't get a reasonable deal. He'll probably get a crazy deal. Grant Williams is a loud mouth. Uh, but you know what? Maybe we need that on our team because everyone's so quiet. <laughs> J Will's so not. J Will's not quiet. Yeah, but he's super nice. He's super nice. Doesn't he? Never ruffles any feathers. He's so smiley. Let's see who who is the most. F- Feather ruffling guy on the team. Who would that be? On our team? I guess it's Kenrich. On the Thunder? Yeah. It's like barely. I think it's going to be Chet. It's like it, it could be Chet. It could be Chet. I mean, Giddy sort of shows it on the court, but it, he doesn't seem like a. There's ruffle nobody feather ruffling feathers, let's team. be honest. There's nobody really ruffling any feathers. These are all stretches. Yeah. Do we need a, do we need a feather ruffler? I just heard that Grant is annoying. <laughs> Which isn't really not that's not the kind of ruffling that you want. <laughs> He's just an annoying guy. Just an annoying person. And I think that's probably why he doesn't play. It's like they're like, no, like we just don't want that guy to even celebrate or be happy anymore. Like let's just let's we gotta we gotta you know get this guy out of here. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. He was really good in the playoffs last year. I don't really quite understand what's going on in Boston with him. I don't really understand what happened. Uh, would you absorb Marcus Morris and Robert Covington, which that adds up to about 28, maybe 29. It's probably the size of the – or you could do Batum, whatever. We're taking uh, more stuff from the Clippers? Yeah, so you could get the Clippers' 28 pick. which I'm pretty sure they'd still be allowed to trade. That wouldn't be – involved the answer is yes you would do you would do that okay. the answer is absolutely yes i'll take more <laughs> clippers assets please they have it's worked out so well for the thunder so far that yes okay i would do that top top three i don't, I don't even know that probably doesn't even help them enough because they have so much money committed but it'd make a little dent oh it'd be great i'm in let's do it let's go and then they can still make the eight and trade there we go. Brought it back around. <laughs> they can still make the eight and trade. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in. 
Um, hope you guys are having a great Tuesday. We will be back on Friday with another show. Hope you guys uh, are enjoying Lakers Warriors. Who you got in this series, Al? Uh, I'm sticking with uh, the Warriors. I will. I will continue to stick with the Warriors. Yeah. Yeah. Even even though, like, at some point, you really only trust Steph and Looney. But sometimes that's good enough for me. Yeah. And I look at this Lakers team. I don't trust a ton of guys either. So I know. Yeah. If you were to guarantee me that Anthony Davis stays healthy, I'd pick the Lakers. Yeah. I'd pick the Lakers. But I can't the, wait to see the ratings because the, the ratings for uh, Kings Warriors, I think it was like best ratings for a first round series in 24 years. Yeah. The ratings have been really good for this playoffs so far. So they've been the. The like storylines have really been awesome. Oh yeah, it's worked out really well. And yeah. like, and and last night the Sixers Celtics, I guess is on Monday night. If you're listening on Wednesday, mm-hmm. uh, that just continued it. Oh, it was so much fun. That was one. Of I the... love I love when the the road team wins game one. Yeah, it just makes the rest of the series so much more interesting. I did the daily ding that night, and I was so juiced up for that game. <laughs> I had so many it was notes. Awesome. I had so many notes on that game. It was so much. That was one of the most fun watches. And I've been kind of doing this thing where I'll not watch it like live with everybody. Then I'll just like stop and like take notes. Like whenever something happens big, I'll just like stop it and then like try to absorb it and then go on to the next thing. Uh, it's just like way more helpful when I'm trying to actually break down a game. Um, yeah. But then I was like getting texts from you guys like coming through. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, can you believe this happened? <laughs> well, it's just there was, I mean, the maxi steal, the fact that Brogdon dude, threw it right to Dude, him. that was, I'm still just baffled by that. I still just cannot and believe that that happened. Harden hitting that step back over Horford after getting the switch. I mean, shout out to Harden. I mean, that, I don't know if, I'm sure people have been talking about this. I, do people think that's his best playoff game? I'm trying to think yes. of like what yes. the other candidates are. Yes, that's been said multiple times and written okay. that it was his best playoff game ever. Um, that yeah, that was pretty awesome. My was cousin a, who lives in amazing. Philly was just going crazy texting me. <laughs> that's so fun. I love that. I love that game. That was that was. And now so they great. have like if if Embiid can't play or, or they, if they just want to wait for Game Three, they can have like this weird Miami juice that Miami had tonight. Yes. where it's just like nothing matters. Let's just. <laughs> Who cares if we lose? Sit, just, sit Harden. Let Harden rest. You know, just yeah. Try to try to conjure up some of that Miami dark magic. Yeah, let's just get weird. Just see what Melton can do. You know, just see what happens. Just give the ball to Paul Reed. God, I love Paul Reed. What a fun player. He's going to be available this summer. He will be. Thank Something you. about. I feel he's got to resign him. Come on. Uh, okay. Anything else before we go, Al? <laughs> uh, I love how our off-season pods are so long compared They've... to like we have we have so much more to talk about in the regular season where we're actually watching the team we cover for, and yet when we get to the off-season, we're just like, yeah, ninety minutes. <laughs> it's it's been a consistent we thing for it. the last like four weeks. I know. <laughs> it's like I'll do a break at like. 25 or 30 thinking like oh here's the halfway point it's like no no way 
Yeah, Andrew said before we started this, like, we don't have to go long. We can just do 30 minutes. It's like, okay. <laughs> but when you don't when you don't plan anything, then you just keep thinking. That's the problem. That like That's the problem about. is that we probably plan a lot more in the regular season. Like now it's just like whatever, like whatever hits our brains. We're talking about denim and candles, you know, like we're just it's just like whatever. Oh, that's fun. Uh, hope you guys have an awesome rest of your night. We'll talk to you guys again on Friday. Oh, Great Babe says that Flag and Boozer are college recruits, class of 25, draft class of 26, so we got to wait for 26. Don't trade with Miami. Oh, that's a long way away. Uh, trade has been rescinded. Trade rescinded. They're keeping Lowry. <laughs> <laughs>